Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey there, and welcome to episode 129 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Today, we're talking all about copywriting, communication, and a client experience. Yeah, I love me some alliteration. This title's got me so excited. My guest today is Rachel Griman. She's a copywriter and documentary family photographer from Denver, Colorado. She owns Green Chair Stories, which is a company committed to taking photos and writing words that look and sound like real people. In today's interview, Rachel and I get into the purpose behind good copy on your website and social media and all the places that you're putting out content. We also talk about how important communication is to creating this incredible client experience, which leads to incredible client testimonials, which we know is that golden social proof that helps your business stand out among the masses. So Rachel is dishing all of her secrets and sharing all of her tips today, and I cannot wait for you to listen in. So let's get right to it. Here is my conversation with the owner of Green Chair Stories, Rachel Griman. All right, guys, we're here with Rachel Griman today on the Girl Means Business podcast. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I am really excited to chat with you today. But before we get started, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and kind of a quick version of your journey to get to where you are today. Yeah, I will try to keep it succinct. (laughs) So I am a documentary family photographer and a copywriter. And um, photos and words have kind of just like always gone together for me. I was a photojournalism major in college. So I was always writing and taking photos and then all my jobs after school were at nonprofits where I did both. And then I started taking family photos, um, 2013, probably of just like friends that had asked me to, and I really loved it. So I decided to go full time and I just kind of put writing on the shelf for a little bit. And I was like, eh, writers don't make money. Like that's kind of like what you hear growing up. So I was just like, I'll focus on photos. And then I was in all these photo groups and everybody kept asking questions about writing their about page or writing their homepage. And I was like, oh, I've been a copywriter for 10 years. I can definitely help with that. And that was kind of what I contributed to the photography groups where I could ask questions about, you know, running a photo business because I didn't know what I was doing. And then everything kind of snowballed really, really quickly from there. And before I knew it, I was charging people for writing websites. I was taking courses. And then probably just in the last three or four years, I've transitioned more to now I'm a copywriter for photographers and I still definitely photograph families, but, you know, having my own kids writing is a much more mom friendly business. Yes, <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah. So that's kind of where I got, got to now. I now have two writers working for me almost full time and we've written re- websites for, I think I counted the other day, almost 300 photographers since 2017. So awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, I love it. I love being able to blend the two things that I've always loved. Yeah, that's amazing. That's kind of, that's exactly how I feel because it's funny you mentioned that, you know, growing up, you're like, oh, writers don't make money. That's how I felt about photography because I grew up loving taking pictures, but I was like, nobody makes money doing that unless you work for like a huge magazine or you Mm -hmm. travel the national geographic or something, you know, 
Um, but yeah, sure enough, you can. Yeah. <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> you, you can, can make it work. <laughs> you can make money doing just about anything these days, yeah. which is yep. the beauty of it. Yeah, I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's talk about copy because this is something that I feel like a lot of people will say kind of out of the gate, like, oh, I just, I'm not, I'm not good at writing. I'm not good at putting words on paper. They, I get writer's block. I don't know what to say. Um, and I feel like it's one of those things that people feel like either you're good at or you're not good at. Um, and so with copy nowadays with everything being online, you've got your website, you've got social media, like you have to be able to create good copy, whether it's a caption on something or it's a full page on your website or a landing page for a product you're offering. So I want to dive into some kind of just general tips that you have about website copy. Um, like what are some, what is like the one thing that if you could tell people, this is what you need to know, what do you think that would be? That's a very broad question. I know Yeah, we'll, no. we'll get more specific as we go. <laughs> it's a good question. I think a lot of people think of copywriting as writing. And I think that's the biggest mistake because then people think that they have to, they're like, oh, I was really bad at English in high school. And it's like, great news. Copywriting has nothing to do with that kind of writing. (laughs) Like they're two completely different skill sets. And what I always like to tell people who are going the DIY route with their copy, which I think is really important to do, especially if you're newer in business, you know, you don't want to invest in this huge copy rebrand. If you're a solopreneur that doesn't really know their market yet, you know, you would, I think it's much more beneficial to DIY something like copy in the beginning until you kind of figure out where you fit in the marketplace. Um, And then you can, once you know your client, you know, your customer, you know, your service, you know, your product, you can kind of go deeper and maybe hire professional, but people that are going the DIY route, um, copywriting is more like compiling and what you're compiling is the research that you have and your research comes from talking to your clients or your customers and asking them what you want to talk to people who have already purchased from you and ask them what pushed them over the edge to buy from you or to hire you and whatever whatever problem you solved for them or you told them you could solve, however you worded that or the language you used to convince them that you were the one or your product was the one for them, that's what you want, the thread you want to pull on um, in your copy. So rather than thinking about, I need to spend paragraph after paragraph convincing somebody to hire me, I would much rather see you pull from actual words that people have said about you and your product and then just compile it together into words on your site. Um, copywriting is actually much more of a science than it is an art. Um, I mean, I think you can get really creative with it, but if you are an artist yourself, just trying to get copy on the page, I think it's, um, it takes the burden of being a good writer off of you (laughs) to just kind of go through your notes about what you know about who you are and who your clients are. And then you kind of find that like happy middle ground between the two of you. And that's what you put on your page. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because I do. I think a lot of us think about writing as being, you know, like the papers we had to write in high school where everything was perfect and it was done a certain way and it was very methodical. And this, I like what you said too, that it needs to be less about what you're trying to convince people of and what like your audience is already saying. I think mm-hmm. that's really smart. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I've thought about like the fact that, yeah, you need to look at what your audience is saying to find like those common threads, like if everybody that's purchased from you has said, you helped me to feel more confident in X, Y, or Z, then you need to lead with that. 
But using those actual words is really, really key and helpful. I like that. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to somebody then who is listening and thinking, okay, that's great, but I had I haven't sold anything yet. Like I don't have clients yet. So how do I know what to put out there if I'm still very new to this? Yeah, I think that there that's where ideal clients come in. I love the idea of ideal clients, but for my the people that I write for, photographers that I write for, they always have clients that I can talk to. So I always say, use your favorite person. That way you're talking to an actual person and not just this made up thing. But that's where if you're newer to business, it's great to write an avatar for your business. Um, where do they shop? How many kids do they have? What are their problems? But I think the thing that gets tricky with ideal clients or the problem that I have with it, it's much more about the what than the why. And if you're newer to business, you created a business because hopefully you saw a need and you saw people wanting it. So why do they want it? You need to ask yourself the problem that they're having. Um, Most copy, like the most rudimentary, simple copy formula is PAS, problem, agitate, solution. So you figure out the problem that your potential clients are having you write copy that kind of agitates that you get them into the moment where they feel that pain most acutely, also known as the moment of highest tension. And then you present yourself as the solution. So if you learn one thing about copy, it can be that formula and you can go to almost any website and find that formula or some version of it on a website, present somebody's problem, make them feel it really deep in their bones. And then you present yourself as a solution. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee, no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Oh, okay. Now that you're saying that, I am having like this light bulb. I'm like, yes, I have seen that on so many different websites where, Mm -hmm. and, and especially like landing pages for product thing. Yes. yes. They go and you're kind of like, okay, I get it. Like I get, this is the problem, but that's what they're doing is. And I always say it's like rubbing sandpaper on a wound. Like they're just kind of grinding it in. Like, don't you feel this? Don't you have this struggle? Don't you feel that pain? Mm -hmm. And like, they're painting a picture and then, yeah, they come in. They're like, okay, now here's how I can fix it for you. Here's how I can help you with that. Like that's absolutely, it's kind of like when you feel when you figure out that every movie has the same flow. Like now you can see like every landing page has the same flow. 
Absolutely. Um, and it's a no, little bit easier. I'm going to contradict myself just for a second because it's a little easier to do that with, with products because it's a lower buy-in usually than a service. Um, so if you're a service provider listening to this, I always tell wedding photographers, rather than agitate a problem, I prefer like the Rachel Griman method, <laughs> which is more join them in their excitement. So if they're not coming to you because they have a problem, but they're coming to you because they need you to join them in their excitement, then you just want to jump into the conversation your reader is having in their head. When someone comes to your website, they're having a conversation with themselves in their head. And the magic of copywriters is figuring out what that conversation is and making sure your copy meets them right where they're at. Rather than telling them or convincing them of anything, you want to join them. So if they're having a problem and you're a service provider, then great, go with the PAS formula. And I like to think I do that. I just don't agitate the problem. I agitate the excitement. Okay. I like that. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense because that's true. And I think that's why like some people, you know, I've I've had a couple coaching clients that have been like, I'm just going to hire somebody to do my copy for me but they haven't done the work ahead of time to figure out like, well, who, who is it that I'm really like, who is my ideal client? They don't have that avatar. They don't know what that problem is. I always say it's those pain points, or in this case, Mm -hmm. it could be the the joy points. I mean, it could be like, what are their, what are they excited about? What are they happy for? Um, You know, but in in a lot of cases, it's, you know, pain point of like, what's the struggle they're having that you're trying to solve their problem for. And if you don't already know those things, I think creating copy is going to be, that much harder. And that could be why you're having like that, you know, writer's block. Um, Absolutely. That's where the compiling yeah. comes in. Yes. If you do that back end work and you research a little bit and you have a clear understanding of who you're serving and how you do it and what you're giving them, then it really is just like pulling things from your documents and putting it on the page. It's assembly. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about how the communication piece of this, because copy is just, it's a way for you to communicate with your potential clients or buyers or your audience without it coming, you know, straight from your mouth, (laughs) it's coming from the page, Mm -hmm. but it's all about creating an experience for your clients. I mean, the minute they land on your website to the minute that, you know, they're done working with you, it's a journey that they're on with you. So I want to kind of have you explain how you use copy. Cause I think a lot of people think of client experience as things like, like you mentioned before we started recording, like sending gifts to clients or, um, going so much above and beyond and doing all these things for them and adding more value when really it's more about the communication of things. So walk us through how, how copy kind of ties into the client journey and what that looks like for you. Yeah, I think this is so, so important. (laughs) And I'm telling my clients more and more, like your website copy is simply setting the expectation. Like when someone hires you, they're holding you to the standard of whatever claim you make about yourself and your service on your site. So once they hit the buy button, you don't get referred because of what you've done up until that point. You get referred because of whatever you do after they sign that contract. And so I always tell people, don't invest so much on the front end of getting people to book you and forget about the rest because the rest is what's going to keep those word of mouth referrals coming in. And I think most service providers would say they would much prefer a word of mouth referral from a client they loved than a cold lead coming from Google. So I always say, 
every, you want to focus on the fundamentals rather than adding value. Like you said, like sending a gift or showing up with champagne on their wedding day. Like those are all fabulous touches for people, but the fundamentals of good client experience is the communication that you provide them throughout their entire planning process. You want to be constantly letting them know, not to the point where you're like in their inbox every week for a year, but There are so many little things that you need to wrap up with them, signing contracts, paying retainers, paying deposits, um, wedding day timelines, coordinating with other vendors, delivery of the final gallery. There's so many touch points between a photographer and their couple that you need to have something in place that is either automated or you are on top of from that contract signing to the final delivery. So I'm really, really passionate about helping people write really, really good emails and helping them figure out which email that they're missing. And like, for example, I feel like a lot of people don't set the expectation after that contract is signed. So I love to help people write a schedule of events email. Like here's when you can expect to hear from me. If you don't hear from me, something has happened. So right after they sign that contract, you send them a list of eight times and the dates of when they'll be hearing from you and why. That way they know exactly what to expect. And if they're ever like, haven't heard from Rachel in a while, they can go back to that email and know that an email is coming from you, you know, a month before their big day or something like that. So every touch point of communication is either meeting or setting an expectation. And I think when we think about emails and communicating that way, it completely revolutionizes how we speak with our clients and customers. Yeah. I like that idea, the time, the one you said about the, you know, the schedule of events email. I think that's really key because I think about like different people I've worked with. And this is a perfect example. We're currently working with a contractor to build a, a workshop on our property for my husband and the communication, like their work has been great. Everything they've done, right. like physically built has been fine. The communication has been awful. And so they could build us the most incredible building ever, but I'm still going to ding them because they did not communicate. They would show up unannounced. They would go for days without telling us what was going on. Like that piece of it. And there's been so many times where, um, you know, especially in my photography business, maybe there's been times where I've kind of have dropped the ball on that communication piece because I didn't have automations in place. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the first things that somebody's going to come back to me on is, I thought your service was great. Your photos were great. The communication was a little bit lacking because I always send out a questionnaire at the end, like saying like, what could I have done better? And there have been a several times early on in my photography business where they were like, the communication could have been better because I just, you know, we know on our end what's happening. Mm-hmm. They don't know that, you know, Absolutely. they don't see, they can't read our minds. So I agree. That I is think such that a that great is, perspective yeah. of what you just said about like building with something you've never done this before. So mm-hmm. As a service provider, if you're listening, think about something you've never done before that you would want someone to hold your hand through the process. Like that was such a good example, like buying a house or something that you're something huge that you're doing for the first time. Chances are the couple has never gotten married before. They have no idea what to expect from any of the vendors. So I always like to say too, it's kind of a little competition between you and the other vendors, because it's like, if you can blow them away with how much you communicate, then that end product is going to feel so much better. When they look at their photos, they're going to remember how fantastic you were throughout the whole time. So that's a really, really good example. Yeah. I try to do that. I try to put myself in like, I try to remember 
as a business owner, I look at other businesses I've worked with, even if it's something as simple as like, like I said, we're, we're building this building now, but even if it's something as simple as like booking an Airbnb, like we're fixing to go on this trip to Colorado, we've got an Airbnb booked and the people who own it, even though we booked it through Airbnb, they are sending us information along the way of like, Hey, here's some good restaurants. Hey, here are some places and things to do while you're here. Um, you know, they've been sending us probably once a week since we booked this stuff. I'm like, this is amazing. Like mm-hmm. I, like, even though I kind of, I've already been to the area, I sort of know, like if you're brand new traveling somewhere, that's a great tip to have. And a lot of times if you're a service provider, even if you provide products, sometimes they may not be aware of like the little nuances of how your products work or, you know, how to use them a certain way or how to store them or how to clean them. Or there's so many things that we, as the owner of the business, as the one that, that's created the product or service, we know these things because it's in, it's ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. We, for, we forget that other people don't. And I am like, I'm big on email and I'm big on the client experience. And I think that if you can have that perfect balance of communication, if you can provide them with, with enough information for them to feel comfortable and confident going forward, just like you said, you're going to set yourself apart from everybody else. It does not require these grand gestures. It just requires these simple, just think about your friendships. I mean, I don't need you to, my friends to send me flowers once a week. I just need a text (laughs) every now and then, you know, like it's that communication piece. So yeah, I think that's incredible. So you mentioned the emails and stuff, and I, I'm a big believer in automation. So when you talk about like these communication pieces, give us kind of an example. I know you work a lot with like wedding photographers. Mm -hmm. So give us an example of how you would set up those communications, what that looks like. You said like you have eight kind of touch points there. Um, you know, what, what's a good balance? Is there such such thing as too much versus obviously too little? Um, but like, how do you get that so that you feel like you're not constantly having to have reminders to send an email or keep up with this or keep up with that? Right. Well, I mean, I used Dubsado. I think you use HoneyBook. There's so many CRM softwares that you can set a date and then set, okay, two weeks from here, do this. Two weeks from here, do this. Those automations are fantastic. And especially when it comes to like contracts and invoices, to be able to just hit that on autopilot so you know you're getting paid and that you can remind them to pay you. I think that those kinds of investments are, they feel big if you're in the beginning of your business to spend a couple hundred dollars a year on this software, but it is so life-changing when you finally invest in it. (laughs) That that's what I always say. Like I sell email templates to photographers and a lot of them give them to their VAs, their virtual assistants to put in their workflow. So they become their canned templates and then they can set automations for every client then. And I just think, I remember in the beginning of my business, just rewriting the same email a hundred thousand times and not realizing that I was literally copying and pasting from a previously sent email and then just personalizing. And so I even do that. I don't automate all my emails because I do like to put a lot of personal touches on them, but I have a canned template that I can just click and then everything's in red that I need to change to make it specific to the client that it's going to. As far as like enough or like too much or too little, 
I think, again, that just depends. Everybody's like, how can you write for wedding photographers over and over? Aren't you writing the same things? And it's like, no, there are so many different kinds of weddings. So I think your email communication goes back to your ideal customer or your favorite client you've ever worked with. You want to write to them and you want to meet them where they're at. If you know that the people coming to you have no clue what's going on, then you're going to communicate with them a little bit more. And hopefully you're getting the same client over and over and over because that means you've really niched into the right place. Um, Some people come to you, like I know a lot of copywriters who work with coaches. Coaches have typically worked with other copywriters. They don't need as much handholding. So you're not going to email them as much. But I think you're going, you're going to be able to read the room. If people don't respond to you (laughs) ever in your emails that you're constantly sending out, you might want to tone it back a little bit, (laughs) but I just like to always let people know that I'm thinking of them, especially because some service providers, again, wedding photographers will book a year out. So you don't want to go from like 10 emails in a week when you book them to not hearing from them for eight months. So that's what I mean when you want to add some touch points in there, even if it's just like, Hey, have you found your dress yet? Hey, here's my favorite wedding vendors. If you're still looking for these three people to help you, that kind of thing. It's a peace of mind. I know for me, like, so my, when we're going on 11 years anniversary this year, but when we booked our wedding photographer, we were doing a destination wedding. And so we never met with her in person. Um, It was a very, she was coming from a different place and we were meeting in, in, you know, QS where we got married and so me being the optimist, I was like, everything's great. My husband's more of the, he'll call himself a realist. I say pessimist, but he was like, she's not going to show up, blah, blah, blah. Because we did, we, we hired her and then it was like six or eight months and we heard nothing from her. And then luckily she showed up. I mean, <laughs> she did, but I was like, I can see how just even like a quick check-in email, like, Hey, just checking in to make sure your wedding planning is going well. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, just those little things, you know, if, if someone has hired you or has purchased a product from you, even like a little check-in email, like, Hey, just want to check in and see how things are going, making sure, you know, there's a couple companies that I purchased from. And it's funny how I am way more aware of these things now when I am a consumer of somebody else's mm-hmm. products. So there's a nail polish company, Olive in June. And I love my, them. Yes. My best friend got me hooked on them. And I love that, like, when I order something, you know, they send you like the little uh, videos of like, here's how to have a, do a manicure in there. They kind of teach you the process along the way, but they, they will keep in touch with you in a way that feels very welcoming. It doesn't feel spammy or like overwhelming, um, but they're great about like following up and being like, Hey, you know, how's that going? Do you have any, you know, tips or here's a great way to keep your nails you know, looking great this summer when you may be in the water more or whatever. Um, those little touch points give that client that peace of mind. And that peace of mind is like the golden ticket when it comes to, you know, client satisfaction. So especially I, when I they're investing that. thousands of dollars, yeah. you know, like nail polish, you know, you're like 10 oh, bucks yeah. in the hole 10 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but when someone's investing thousands of dollars, they want to know that you care about them. Especially, yes. I think, and social media makes this a little tricky. They see you working. They see you posting. They see you active elsewhere. This was not a thing five years ago right. where people could see everything their wedding photographer or service provider was doing in the off time that they weren't working with them. And so I think it's really important now to be like, hey, just because I've been like posting a different wedding every single day for the past two months doesn't mean I'm not thinking about you. Like you're right. still on my mind. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, every client wants to feel like that they're your most important, most valued client, you know, a thousand percent. if you can make them feel that way, even when you have, you know, tons of other clients as well, then you've done something right. And I agree. I think that the communication piece is absolutely key. And a lot of that comes down to those emails, the copy, even having information on your websites, whether I've seen one where a photographer that I know of that she has kind of hidden pages on her mm-hmm. website that are information pages. So for her, she does families, but she, once they book with her, then the little emails that she sends out, sends them to like a, a private page kind of thing with like, okay, if you're looking for, um, you know, where to shop for outfits for your family and, and you've got, you know, boys, then here's a page you can go to versus if you've got mostly girls in your family, here's a page she sends them to. So she kind of customizes it that way, which I think you mentioned, I wrote it down. The idea of knowing that you may have different types of clients and sending them different types of emails. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's genius because even creating a different workflow, and I'll use the wedding example. If you have a very traditional bride who is like, we're going to have a ballroom wedding we're doing all the traditional things, the cake cutting, the garter toss, the bouquet toss, the toast, the champagne, all those things. Then you can send them a certain thing. But if you have a bride who's like, we are very non-traditional, we're going to get married in a field somewhere, you know, random. And we're not crown. doing, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do the boho thing. And we're, you know, going to have like, we're going to ride off into the sunset on some horses or whatever. Then you may have a different workflow you send them. And Mm -hmm. so I like the idea of kind of having a pretty, you know, a a general idea, but having kind of these customizable things where you're not sending the same thing to everybody. Because I think that's a a fear that a lot of people have, especially with automation and things Mm -hmm. like that is it's going to feel impersonal and it doesn't have to feel impersonal because think about you get automated emails in your inbox every single day and they don't always feel impersonal. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a fear that a lot of people have, but I think you, you kind of touched on that when you were saying like, you can go in and customize it, or you can have different workflows for different types and of I, clients. Yes. And I do that even like when we write for a family photographer, it's very different than when we write for a wedding photographer, those processes are a little bit different, but I think it's, this is such a simple like delineation, but I think it's really important because I didn't know it when I started that it was different. Automation and templates are different things. Like automation is when your computer or the internet sends an email for you that you do not touch. You don't hit send on. You have told it when to send and it does it for you. A template is simply something that you have created and you can bring it into an email and you can doctor it up and send it whenever you want. And I think that's important because templates, I personally use templates a lot more than I use automated emails because everything is a little bit different and I do need to customize. So it still saves me, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour of time when I'm writing a response to someone, but it doesn't stress me out as much that somebody's going to get the wrong thing and know that my computer sent this for me. (laughs) Yes. No, that's a good point. I think that's a very good differentiation because yes, like in my HoneyBook account, when someone inquires with me, for a session, let's say someone's asking about a senior portrait session, I do have a template ready to go that I could just yes. pull up, but then I customize it. I throw in some details that they talk about a location that they're interested in. I put that in there. Um, 
but yes, but the, but when automations, like you said, like I do set up automatic like workflows. So like once they book with me, these are the emails that go out to them. Right. Um, they're a little more kind of generic, but they right. are like an invoice or a contract, like yes, no big deal. Yes. But I don't have to think about it. Like I don't right. have to <laughs> put a reminder on my calendar and be like, oh yeah, I have to send that today. I, I, because I have so many other things going on. I want that done for me. It's kind of like having a little digital virtual assistant send it out for you. Um, and I think that that could be super helpful. Now, if you are more of a boutique business and you want to, you have a limited number of clients you're working with and you want to, you know, put it on your calendar to send an email that day and you want to personally write it out or have a template you do, I think that's totally fine. I think mm-hmm. there's something, there's a balance there for every business. Yeah, it totally depends on your volume and capacity. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So one last quick question. Um, before we wrap up is what is one mistake, like kind of the biggest mistake you see people making when it comes to their copy? Um, I think the biggest mistake that I see is probably when you get to the website, either having no copy or having copy that is immediately about you. So if the first piece of copy that someone reads is like, hi, I'm Rachel and I love to do this. And this is why I love to do this people don't care about that yet. They will. And I do think there's a time and a place for that on your website. But I think right when they get there, like I said earlier, you want to jump into the conversation that reader is having in their head. And they are certainly not saying, who is this chick yet? They might, if the first thing they read is about you, like, who is this chick? Why does she like, oh, she was very self-involved. And I don't think that's the case. If that's you, I'm not saying you're self-involved. I'm just saying you just need to put one paragraph above that one. And it's fixed. Like you need to put one paragraph that says you and speaks to your reader and makes them feel understood and heard and appreciated, whatever their problem or excitement is. That's the first paragraph. Um, And I I see this all the time and I see it more and more now. And I'm like, what is happening? We're going back 10 years. Photography, it used to be portfolios. Mm -hmm. And there was almost no copy, especially on the homepage. And Mm -hmm. so you would just get there and it would be this like gallery that took minutes to load and it would slowly scroll through these images. And I think some photographers still do that because they just think in their like sweet little hearts that their photos are just going to speak for them. But 10 years ago, there was like 10% of the photographers that there are now. Like the world that we live in, your words need to work for you because a lot of people can take great photos. And I know that if you're listening, you're one of them, but, um, (laughs) or like whatever you do, you know, I think a lot of service providers who aren't photographers end up just putting a lot of selfies on their site because they don't know what else to use. And it's like, if you're doing stock photos or stock photos, yes. And you especially need your words to work for you then because your product isn't in the images that you're showing. So your copy, especially on your homepage, is so important when it's, when it's just images or if it's blank. I mean, that's almost as bad as having really terrible copy. So there needs to be something. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And I like, yeah, like the, this is something that I, I wish I'd known earlier was that it's not about you. When someone comes to your website, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. You, it, it has to be about them. If it's not about them, they're not going to feel connected. They're going to click away as quickly as possible. So yeah, I think that that's definitely, I like that you said that because even if you, yeah, just one little thing above the about you or who you are, because yeah, I mean, you are your brand and you're important and you're, you're the key, <laughs> yeah. but it does need to be about them. So Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that lately too, about how the internet 
used to be <laughs> like yes. when we all, like I was like 12, you know, when I got AIM, like instant mm-hmm. messenger. And when you think about it, it was like carving out your own personal space in the internet and giving yourself a name and kind of like us older millennials, like we grew up with it being about us and yeah. with it kind of making your space in this well, new I mean, the, digital one of the world. first social platforms was called my space. Like- right. Well, and then Facebook where you yeah. literally put your face out there. So when you think about the evolution of it, it makes sense that we would all think that our website would be our personal space. But if you can start to think about your website as a space for all your potential clients, that's when I think the shift in your writing and the shift in your communication and messaging really starts to happen. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for taking time to share all this with us. So tell a little bit about where people can find you, how they can learn more about you or work with you, or you mentioned you have templates that you um, offer. So share about that and then we'll, um, we'll go from there. Yeah. So you can just, I'm on Instagram, Green Chair Stories, um, just at Green Chair Stories or my website, greenchairstories.com. Um, I do have two products that I sell. Both are specific to photographers, but if you think it might work for you, email me. The templates really work for a lot of service providers. Um, I have a DIY guide to help you write your website. Um, it's my entire process that I take my one-on-one clients through, just written out in a PDF. And then I have... Um, a pack of 25 templates, one for every single step of your workflow to make sure that you're communicating with your clients and giving them a great experience. I always say it's, these are the emails that will get you referred. This is what people will think about after working with you. Um, So both of them are just on my website and I have a code um, GMB15 for all of your listeners if they want to go use it. But yeah, I am on Instagram if you ever want to chat. Perfect. Well, thank you, Rachel, so much for being here. I appreciate it. Um, I'll make sure all those links are down in the show notes so that people can quickly click those and go straight to your Instagram or find you. And you mentioned the GMB 15 gets you that discount on those uh, templates. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. This was fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside of the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business. Send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories tagging at Girl Means Business, and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week. Same time, same place.